Are you curious about meditation and or manifestation, but don't know what it is? It's become very mainstream in recent years, but is it a real thing or just some woo-woo fad that's going to come and go? I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of people talking about it these days. And there are plenty of people who are very skeptical about it, and there are plenty of people who really like it. And maybe you're just genuinely curious, like you want to know more about it. You know, can you actually get results from it? Or is it just something influencers are talking about that doesn't really work? Because we all know there's plenty of that swirling around, right? (laughs) So maybe you want to learn more, but you have no idea how or where to start or who to listen to. And most importantly, what does meditation and manifestation have to do with fiction writing, if anything at all? If you've ever had any of these questions, today's episode is for you. I have talked a little bit about some of these concepts before on the show, but I'm going to deep dive into them today. We're going to talk about what these are, um, what they do and don't do, what they are versus what they're not, how it actually works in a logical, physical, practical way, and how it can help you to become a better fiction writer. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Okay, so what I can tell you is that I was always drawn to the idea of manifestation, but I didn't really know how to do it. And I come from a family that is very much a no BS kind of family, right? (laughs) Just a very down to earth, hardworking, logical kind of family. And all of those are good things. And it wasn't that it was suppressed or anything, but it's just because of that background, it wasn't anything that I ever really went looking for or was exposed to. And um, as you know, I am a Christian. I grew up a Christian. And so if anything, those kinds of things were looked on as maybe not being the most healthy things to do spiritually, right? I, th- I suppose you could say, though, that I always kind of wished for it to be a real thing rather than believed it to be a real thing. But as I got older and I grew up and, you know, started getting more in tune with who I am and what I actually want out of my life, I started to gravitate toward it more. But probably like many of you, I was just confused by it. There's so many vague explanations of what meditation is. Like they'll tell you to relax your mind and relax your body. And um, my favorite one is clear your mind. (laughs) It's like, okay, I got news for you. There's no such thing as not thinking something. We're always thinking something. What do you mean by clear your mind? You know, and so they would they would tell you to do things that they never really defined. And so they didn't make much sense. Well, a couple of years ago, I read a, a couple of books by Joe Dispenza. I don't remember specifically why I picked them up, other than they were probably recommended by some podcaster I was listening to. 
And I really, really liked his work because he is the first person who actually gave like a step-by-step exactly what you should be thinking and feeling in order to meditate. And I decided I was going to try it. I was going to give it a go and just see what happened. So I started getting up every morning pretty early and um, just doing some meditation in exactly the way he told you to do it in his books. And things began to shift immediately. Okay. It wasn't like a physical sensation or anything that could be sensed with one of the five senses. It was almost like I could feel the the boulders underneath the surface of my life just starting to shift a little bit. It was a very, you know, sixth sense or, or spiritual sort of sensation, right? And a lot of things began to change, but I could feel that change as it was happening. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that story and what happened in just a minute, but what I can tell you is that now I learn a lot of different types of, you know, manifestation and meditation from a lot of different people. I've moved on to more than just Joe Dispenza, even though I very much love and respect his work. And why am I so into it? Because I've seen it work and I've felt it work in my own life and I've seen positive results from it. So now I will always be a meditator and a manifester now. Okay. Does that mean that I immediately became JK Rowling after, you know, my first meditation session? Of course not. And we're going to talk about that too, about why people are so down on meditation and what works and why it works and why it doesn't and all of that, right? But the point is, I had a time when I didn't really know much about it either. But once I took a chance on it, I saw results. And that is why I now teach it. Okay, so let's talk about why people are so down on it. Usually, it's one of two things. And of course, there's lots of little reasons, you know, that people might not like manifestation or meditation, but they usually fall under the umbrella of one of these two bigger things. The first is that they once tried it, and it didn't work. Okay, so they sat down cross legged, put the backs of their hands on their knees with their, you know, thumb and middle finger touching think Rafiki from the Lion King, right? And they tried meditation and it didn't work. And maybe they even tried it more than once. Maybe they tried it for a while and they just didn't see any results. So they eventually threw up their hands and said, this doesn't work. And now they don't like manifestation. That's one of the reasons. The second reason, and this is the one that most of my family falls into, understand there's like, there's different uh, schools of thought in my family. There's at least one other person who, like me, manifests and meditates regularly. There's a few who are open to it, but they're just not that into it, but they're not down on it. Um, and then there's quite a few who are very down on it. <laughs> and then there, well, there's probably a few who just don't care. They, they, they don't really want to hear about it, but they just don't have a specific opinion, right? So it kind of takes all kinds. But the ones who are down on it, the main reason that they don't like it is because the mainstream and the influencers on Instagram, they make it sound really weird and they make it sound really woo-woo. And the biggest problem that a lot of people in my family have with it is it makes it sound like it doesn't take any work. Like all you have to do is sit down, wish for what you want, and it'll just come crashing into your life, no work needed. And I'm telling you right now, that is not the case. And I've explained this to them too, but some people just, you know, don't want to hear it, and that's fine. But what I always say is that if everyone in the world could sit down and do some ohms and wish for a million dollars and then just have it waltz right through the front door, well, everybody would do that and everybody would have a million dollars, right? (laughs) Clearly, that's not the way it works. And the people who have sat down and tried to manifest and it didn't work for them, yeah, the problem is that they're they're not doing it right. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. And if you're not doing it right, just like anything else, you're not going to see results. So here's the thing. Contrary to popular belief, meditation and manifestation are not some woo-woo practice where you wish for something and it just magically comes to you. Like I said, if everyone could, then everyone would. So 
Evidently, this is not the case. So what is the truth? How does it really work? Well, let's return to my story about how when I started to meditate, things started to shift. At the time, I was um, not working a regular nine-to-five job. I was watching my niece and nephew in a, in a daycare capacity, and I really loved doing that. I loved my niece and nephew. It was so much fun. I loved taking care of them, and it was somewhere between part-time and full-time the hours, but that just gave me more time to get my writing done and to work on things and all of that. The only problem with that was that I was not making very much money. I mean, part of the reason that I was watching family members' kids is because they couldn't afford daycare, and so they were having me do it, and they just weren't paying me very much. And I had agreed to that. It was a... um, an arrangement that we were all pretty happy with, but again, I just didn't have a whole lot of money at the time. And I even actually moved in with my dad. Both of us were single at the time, and so we decided to move in together and share expenses. And he actually loved that I watched the kids too, because he got to see his grandkids all the time, you know. So it worked pretty well, but again, the finances were a little tight. So one of the things that I started to manifest was to be able to make enough money through my fiction uh, to sustain myself a little bit better and maybe even to take care of my dad financially, you know, in some years when he decides to retire. Well, when I started meditating, like I said, things started to shift. And here's where the truth comes in, guys. I want you to pay attention to this. When you start to meditate and manifest, it's very common for things to sort of feel like they're falling apart before they fall together. Okay, this is where the work comes in. Because one of several things that happened and started to shift in my life was that my brother and sister-in-law, who whose kids I was watching, um, decided to move to Texas. And, you know, it was just... They, my brother got a job opportunity and they wanted to buy a house and they just didn't think they could afford it here in Utah. It is very expensive to live here in Utah. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons behind it. And they had really nothing to do with me. They were just making the best decision for their family. But it did make me kind of sad because that would mean, you know, I was not moving to Texas and I would not be able to watch my niece and nephew anymore. And I was going to have to go get a real job. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man. (laughs) Um, So it was not something that I really wanted. But what I can tell you is that when I went out looking for that real job, um, and by real, I just mean nine to five, right? Um, when I went out looking for it, things just started to click into place really, really quickly. Um, I found a job in which, of course, I was an entry-level employee because I had never worked in that field before. It was in the hospitality field. And within two months, guys, we're talking less than 60 days of getting that job, I, was, I became a manager of an entire motel property. And that just doesn't happen. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I think I had not exactly the skill set because, like I said, I really didn't have the experience in that field. But I had the, you know, mental acumen and the ability to do it. It wasn't like throwing someone into a job who really, really couldn't handle it. I could handle it. I could do it. But like I said, that just doesn't happen, especially in that field. It's actually really difficult to move up in the hospitality field. And it's because... When you have a job in that field, it's so demanding that they tend to demand, you know, five plus years of experience before you move up because they need to know you can handle it, right? So 60 days, it just doesn't happen that way. And that is, I think, where the manifestation came in. This was a job that I needed not only to make money and sustain myself for a while while I, you know, built up my fiction and everything, but being a manager, it was going to teach me what I needed to run my own online business, right? That's what I wanted. And 
I will tell you that it is one of probably the most challenging job that I've ever had, especially the first six months I was in it. It was really difficult. But also let me tell you how much I've grown. So let's talk about the truth of what meditation actually does or doesn't do for you. It does not do the hard work for you. It is not a bibbidi-bobbidi-boo and it just appears in your life. That is not what it is. That is sometimes what the influencers and the mainstream people make it sound like. So they might say something like, all you got to do is manifest your dreams and they will appear. And I mean, theoretically, I guess that's true, but they're leaving out a whole lot of the work there. (laughs) It's kind of like saying, all you got to do is exercise and then you'll be able to run a marathon. Well, theoretically, I guess that could be true, but that's really, really oversimplifying it, right? It's going to depend on a lot of different variables, a lot of different things. And it's not just a matter of getting up and putting your running shoes on every day. You have to do the work, right? It's the same thing with manifestation, okay? It's not going to do the work for you. What it does do is open up the pathways and opportunities for you to do the work yourself, It also gives you the focus and drive to follow through. So if you have something where you, you know, theoretically really want to do something, but you just can't seem to motivate yourself to do it, manifestation helps there too. Meditation helps, right? It will give you the focus and the drive to follow through. So one of my favorite examples comes from James Wedmore. He is um, an online business guy that I follow. He doesn't teach fiction writing, just more like online business. And this is the way that he puts it. He says, if you really want to run an eight-figure-a-year business, say, and that is what you want to manifest as an eight-figure-a-year business, but you do not have the skill set and the mental capacity to run it and sustain it, well, you're not going to manifest it yet. What you are going to manifest are experiences and jobs that will teach you how to sustain it and how to run it, because otherwise it's just going to slip through your fingers. So it's the same thing. It's the same kind of phenomenon as when people win the lottery and they win, you know, whatever it is, $30 million. And then within a couple of years, they're destitute again. It's the same thing. They were never taught how to manage that money and how to perpetuate it and how to keep it, right? So it just slips away from them. And it's going to be the same thing with anything you try to manifest. So first, (laughs) the Lord is going to bring you what you need to learn how to sustain what it is you want. And only then will you actually manifest it. Okay, so I'm going to give you some examples of this. So once again, what it actually does. Number one, it rewires your brain for success. And that's where it comes into the focus and the drive to follow through. So again, just one more example. If you really want to be someone who's really in shape and has a very healthy body, but you just can't make yourself get out of bed and go running in the morning or exercise however you're going to exercise. You know, it's just easier to sleep. It's just easier to sit at my desk and drink my soda and all that, you know, right? This can actually rewire your brain. And so it makes it easier for you to follow through and actually do the work in order to get what you want. Okay, so that's the first thing it does. The second thing it does is put you in positions to learn what you need to learn in order to sustain the things that you desire. So I give you the example of my job. I'm going to give you a couple other examples. I think these are both from Joe Dispenza, if I remember correctly. There was, he tells a story of a man who was a banker. And this man loved his job, loved it. The only thing that he, the only kind of complaint he had is that there were a handful of things that he wished this job would offer him. I'm not sure exactly what they were. They were small things, maybe, you know, a little more money or a little bit more in the way of benefits, sit on some board or another, you know, they're just little things, but none of them were deal breakers. I mean, he loved his job, but it would just be nice to get these, you know, a few other perks. So he decided he was, you know, talking to Joe Dispenza, trying to learn from him, and he decided to try and manifest these things. 
Well, <laughs> within a few weeks of him starting to manifest, he was fired from his job. And of course, he was livid. He was so upset because he loved that job. And he basically went and yelled at Joe Dispenza and shook his fist under Joe Dispenza's nose and said, you know, this doesn't work. It made it worse. And I lost my job and basically stormed out. And Joe Dispenza just kind of smiled and nodded and went, okay, well, we'll see where this goes, you know. Now, understand this man, he wasn't angry about losing his job for financial reasons. Because he was a banker, he made really good money, and he had enough money saved in the bank to be okay for several months, okay? So it wasn't a financial thing. It was just that he really loved that job. Um, well, it took a little while. It took, I think, about two months, and he finally got another job. And this job not only had everything that he had loved about his first job, it had every perk he had been trying to manifest. It had everything he'd asked for and even a few things that he didn't think to ask for, but he wished he would have because those are awesome, you know. <laughs> so he kind of humbly came back to Joe Dispenza to tell him what had happened. And uh, Joe Dispenza said, well, let me ask you this. If you had been working at that first job, is there any chance, any reality anywhere that you would have gotten the second job? And the banker thought about that for a minute, and then he shook his head, and he said, no, I would have been working that job. No one would have thought to offer me a job. I wouldn't have been putting myself out there as needing a job. So no, there's no way I would have gotten this job if I was still working the first one. And Joe Dispenza just smiled and said, hmm, yeah, interesting, right? <laughs> so things can feel like they're falling apart at first, and that's pretty common. Um, but if you, and, and that's where the work of it comes from and the emotional work as well, you know, how bad do you actually want this thing? Because you're going to hit some roadblocks along the way, but if you just trust the process and keep doing your manifestation and meditation, you will get there. Okay. The second example is very similar to that. Only it's about a relationship. There was uh, a woman who was married and she genuinely loved her husband, but their relationship was a little bit tempestuous, you know, just not the, the most calm, peaceful, loving relationship. And she just really wanted to fix that. She dreamed of having a really good relationship with her husband. So she started trying to manifest it, trying to figure out what she could do to make the relationship better so that they could, you know, really get to where she wanted them to be. And you might see where I'm going with this. After not too long of trying to do this, her husband divorced her. And she was heartbroken. I mean, understandably, that's really, really difficult. And she genuinely loved her husband and wanted the marriage to work. But as we very often see in these kinds of things, within a year, she found someone else and got remarried. And it was everything she'd ever wanted in a marital relationship. So I, I always kind of think that somewhere the Lord must be face palming a little bit because <laughs> we ask for something and he starts moving things around in our lives to get us that thing that we want. And then we start complaining, why'd you do that? You, you screwed up my life. You took away my job, you know, and he's probably face palming going, you asked for that. <laughs> why are you mad at me now? Right. <laughs> but that's just part of being a human, right? So it's important to understand that about manifestation and meditation. And just even though it may be difficult, there's going to be some hard work to be done. You got to trust the process in order to get the things that you desire. Okay. So those are the first two it does. Once again, I'm kind of rambling here, but there was rewire your brain for success, usually through focus and the, you know, the motivation to follow through, put you in positions to learn or to get what you want, even though it can kind of feel like things are falling apart at first. And the third thing it does, it creates the opportunities for you that weren't there before, which I already talked about. And this is kind of the real magic. We can't ex really explain this away logically. Okay. It's just a matter of, you know, maybe that job that I got was going to be there anyway. But what are the chances that 
in all the myriad of jobs I could have possibly um, applied for. That's the one I got, and then I moved up so quickly to get to the point where I was managing, and that's exactly what I needed in order to teach me to do what I needed to do, right? I mean, yeah, it's just, that's where things will click into place, and it starts to feel really magical. All right, so before we move on, maybe we should kind of define manifestation and meditation, just so that we're all on the same page about it, okay? So manifestation is simply, it is purposely creating the life you want. It is trying to manifest it into existence, right? So it's bringing your desires into or onto your radar and into your life in a very physical way. Now, I follow a woman named Catherine Zenkina. She's a manifestation coach. She's really good. She's got a podcast if you're interested. Um, She has a mantra that I really, really like. And she says, what is desired by you is destined for you. Meaning if you can think it up and if you kind of want it, then the Lord wants you to have it. Okay. But you have to be willing to do the work. Most people are not willing to do the work or even if they are, they don't know how. And guys, this is really exciting. Actually, if you can even think of being a six figure author and sustaining yourself on your royalties, if that is something that you even want a little bit, then the Lord wants you to have that. And it is destined for you, but he's not going to do the work for you. Um, the vast majority of people who are uploading books to Amazon, they aren't willing to do the work. They're like, nah, this is fine. I can just do this and upload it and make a little bit of money and this is good, right? So they're not willing to do the work (laughs) to get what they actually want. And make no mistake about it, it is work. So if, again, if you're thinking that you can sit down and manifest and everything's just going to magically come to you, that's just not the way that it's going to happen, right? Um... And then there's people who really are willing to do the work, but they don't know how. There's so much noise out there. We know this. There's so much um, fiction writing advice out there on the internet that it's hard to know who to follow and who has the right of it and what you should do. But here's the thing about about fiction writing and manifestation and meditation. Um, It's very common to hear people who teach writing to say there's no one right way to the top. I mean... And they're, this is absolutely true. They're right. Okay. Authors have quote unquote made it, made money, um, become famous, sold books in so many different ways, myriad of different ways that you can't say that there's only one right way to the top. There's lots of them. And so then it becomes even more, I don't know, for some people, maybe that gives them hope. Other people, it just confuses them and makes them (laughs) frustrated because it's like, okay, then I don't know what to do, you know, but this is where meditation comes in. This is a way that you can figure out what's going to work right for you and stop following other people because what worked for them may not work for you. So it's a way of finding your own success on purpose, okay? And it will work for you where it might not work for somebody else. All right, so um, that was manifestation. So what is meditation? What is the difference? Meditation is a process to connect with your subconscious mind and kind of almost like the spiritual realm, although you do connect with your body as well. And you do this in order to live a more spiritual and peaceful life, okay? And one byproduct of meditation is manifestation. So basically, I know that sounds really kind of woo-woo, but meditation is, for our purposes today, is the catalyst by which you're going to manifest things, okay? So you're going to sit down, you're going to meditate, and that is how you're going to manifest what you want into your life. Now, before we move on, just a note on both of these words. Um, Meditation especially, it's really a terrible word. (laughs) 
And the reason I say that is because it's just too general. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of different things people do and call it meditation. So let's use an example of of what this would be like. Um, The word exercise. I remember when I was, uh, I was probably in high school and we had, I don't know what it was for, we had some sort of mail order catalog because that was back before the internet when they actually sent mail order catalogs through the snail mail. And I was looking at things and it had lots of, you know, everyday things that had microwaves and dumbbell sets and, you know, just lots of different things in it. And I was looking through this catalog and I found this thing that was an exercise video and it was called, yes, an exercise video, VHS, and it was called Totally Nude Aerobics. And I just started laughing. I was like, is that, is that a real thing? (laughs) I showed it to my mom and she was laughing and she was like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, Yeah, it really was a real thing. And it even said it would ship discreetly, you know? And, you know, technically, are the people in that video working out? Yes. Um, But literally, I mean, this was a video where it was all women and they would get naked and exercise in the nude. So anyone who's watching that video, I mean, I guess you couldn't say they aren't exercising because you don't know. But to me, that's really more that they want to watch naked women do these strange things, right? Um, So if there was ever a a form of exercise that was immoral... (laughs) In my estimation, that would probably be it, right? So let's just say that I decided I wanted to exercise. And then for kicks, let's just say that this exercising in the nude became mainstream and it became a fad that a lot of people were doing. And I said, I don't agree with that. Like, that's just kind of perverted and that has nothing to do with exercise. And I don't think that's a good thing, you know. Therefore, I do not believe in exercise because it is evil. (laughs) Well, that wouldn't be terribly logical, would it? Because number one... There are thousands upon thousands of things that are considered exercise, and they're all different, okay? So clearly, not everyone who is exercising is doing that. (laughs) So to take a general word word like exercise and say that you don't believe in it, it's just pretty short-sighted, okay? There certainly could be something that someone is doing and calling it exercise that you don't believe in, of course. And, you know, even if we kind of take the moral out of it, maybe it's just a type of exercise that you don't like or you don't think it works or there's been some scientific evidence that that is actually harmful to your body, then that would be exercise that you would not want to do. But that doesn't mean that all exercise is bad or evil, okay? It's kind of the same thing with meditation. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of things that people do and call it meditation. Because people are people, are they going to do sometimes some kind of weirdo things with that? Yeah, they are. But that doesn't mean that every type of meditation is bad or that even the majority of people are doing something weird with it like that. Okay, most people are not. Most people are trying to do good things with it. So I get frustrated when people write it off like that because it's like, okay, but (laughs) you don't believe in meditation. Which one? Because there's like 2,000 types. (laughs) You're going to have to be more specific. And to write all of them off, that's such an overgeneralization. So yeah, just keep that in mind that not everybody who talks about doing meditation is doing the same thing by far. And meditation and manifestation, they are just tools. So think of it like, I don't know, a hammer. A hammer is a tool and you can use it to do really good thing, like build houses for people, like build anything for people that will make their lives easier. Um, you know, you can use it to, you know, when it comes to getting nails out of the wall, it makes it a whole lot easier if you can use a hammer to do that instead of trying to dig it out with your fingernails, you know, it, it can be a good thing and used for good things. But on the flip side, it can also be used to destroy things. It can put holes in the wall. It can tear down a house. You know, unfortunately, people 
in the history of the world have hurt other people with hammers. And that's terrible and gross, you know, so it's just a tool. And it's just it's all about what you're using it for and what your intentions are, and your motivations, right. And meditation is exactly the same way you can use it for whatever you want to use it for you could probably use it for bad things. But you can also just use it for good things. And it doesn't make it good or bad by itself. It's just about what you're using it for. Okay, so I just wanted to put that out there. All right. So as we keep going, let's define um, the the conscious versus the subconscious, because this is important in order for you to really wrap your head, (laughs) no pun intended, around what we're talking about here. Okay. The conscious mind is pretty much what you think of when you think of your mind, right? It is what you are aware of. It's what you're actually thinking about at any given moment. It's sort of the external. It's the surface stuff. You know, it's your physical reality. It's what you are, like I said, just what you're aware of. And it has to do with your mind sometimes. Again, the the things you're actually thinking about, but it also has a lot to do with your body. What is this actual physical sensation that I'm feeling in my body, like in my hand or something? Okay, all of that is conscious. The subconscious is kind of the opposite. It's the stuff that you're not aware of. It's the stuff that is on autopilot, right? Um, It's the internal stuff. It does still have to do with your mind. Both of them, depending on how you look at it, have to do with the mind. But it's sort of the mind versus the brain, in a way. The physical versus the spiritual. Um, And you could call it that, your soul or your spiritual reality. Now, specifically, what's important about the subconscious mind to understand is that Like I said, it's stuff that's on autopilot. It's sort of your background programming. So think of it like the operating system on your phone or on your PC. You can certainly program certain, you know, behaviors into your computer or into your phone, but there's always a background operating system that's already installed for you. So you don't have to, for example, on your PC, you don't have to tell your PC that there's this icon on the screen and when you click it, you want it to open a particular program. Now you might need to create the shortcut for that program and put it there on your desktop, but once you've done that, the operating system already knows what to do. Once you click that shortcut icon, it'll just open the program for you, okay? It's already programmed in. You don't have to consciously tell it to do that. Um, That's kind of how your subconscious is. It's regulating things in your life that you're not really aware of, that you don't really think of, and it's always there in the background. Why is that important? Because in order to change your behavior or in order to bring things into your life that you don't currently have, you have to work on a subconscious level. And that is why you have to meditate because meditating is what taps into your subconscious. So if I want something, I can sit here and say that I want it all day long until I'm blue in the face. I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. But that's just working on the conscious level. And you have to work on the subconscious level in order for these kinds of things to happen. All right. So just keep that in mind. And that is why you have to manifest rather than just saying that you want something. I would suggest that people who have tried meditation before and have not seen any results, like I said, they're usually doing it wrong. And you know, I'm not throwing shade. I'm not saying that's their fault. Like I said, there's a lot of teaching out there that is just either vague or downright wrong. So it's not really their fault. But um, chances are they are not tapping into their subconscious, whatever it is they're doing. It's not working because they're not going deep enough in order to see the result, right? Okay, so when we're talking about meditation, what are we actually doing? And I think that this is important to understand because people especially in the Christian community, I would know this, my family, again, um, they tend to think that it's evil or that we're doing something bad. And 
you know, if you understand what you're actually doing, then it doesn't seem so scary and so cloaked, right? So practically, when you meditation, there's really only three steps to it. Number one is relaxation. You have to relax your body and you have to relax your mind. And I would, you know, it's something that you just learn when you learn a meditation, how to do that. But any kind of tension or fear or energy that's that's not peaceful and relaxed is going to keep you from manifesting. So you just need to relax. And it, guys, it's not any trick to it. It's not anything sinister. You literally just relax your body and then you relax your mind. And that's what usually what the gurus mean when they say clear your mind. But you, <laughs> the best way to relax your mind is to think particular thoughts that are relaxing. You know, you're not going to not think anything. So it's kind of dumb that they put it that way and it just confuses people. So number one, the three steps, like I said, there's really only three steps. Number one is to relax. Number two is to feel good. You can call up positive energy so that you are feeling good in that moment. Okay. You have to have that positive energy. It's another thing like relaxation. If you don't have that, it's not going to work, but you can teach yourself to do that just to feel good. And then you're going to ask for what you want. And that is all it's relaxation, positive energy, asking for what you desire. And you will start to see the shifting. I mean, that's really basically all I did when I started doing uh, Joe Dispenza's meditations. I was going through and, you know, thinking about and imagining exactly what he said. And then I would ask for what I wanted. And I felt things start to shift. And I could feel them almost tangibly, which is why I knew it was working, right? And I went, whoa, okay, there is something to this, right? Um, So what types of meditation are there out there? A lot. (laughs) And I don't mean what I was talking about a minute ago where people do a million different things to meditate. I mean, in terms of what you're actually physically doing, there's actually a lot of different types of meditation. Um, Pretty much anything that relaxes the conscious mind will automatically tap into the subconscious, okay? And anything that kind of makes you feel more relaxed is probably a form of meditation. So there's the kind of thing that we've been talking about and that you always think of where you close your eyes and relax and, you know, actually... Uh, purposely try to manifest something. Okay, so that's one kind. But I got news for you. Prayer is a type of meditation. Okay, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's pretty darn close. And this is something that I try to tell my family. And like I said, it doesn't always go over very well. But the type of meditation I do when I'm being purposeful like that, it's almost the same thing as prayer. I because I'm a Christian, I tend to have a conversation with the Lord. And that is the way that I meditate. Now, of course, you don't have to meditate that way if that is not what you believe in or what you would like to do, but that's just the way that I do it. And the only difference I see between that and prayer is that it is a little bit more purposeful. It's a little bit more intense and there's a higher creative element to it. That's pretty much it. Other than that, it's the same thing as prayer because you are speaking to a higher power and trying to commune with them and just trying to figure out your day and your life. You know what I mean? It's, it's not that much different than prayer. But um, journaling is a type of meditation. If you have ever done anything where you have journaled, and I, I think I've talked about this before, there are plenty of programs out there that tell you to journal. And I'm going to tell you right now, 90% of the people won't do it. Okay, they'll be like, oh, it's, I don't need to journal. I know what I think about this, you know, or I don't have the time. I'm taking the program. It's, it's cool. I'm not going to journal. Okay, once they actually sit down and start journaling, They're amazed at how things change. They're amazed at what they figure out about themselves, about how quickly they improve at whatever it is they're trying to improve at, okay? Why? Because journaling, you actually do relax your mind, and it's almost like 
you're creating a pathway for your subconscious thoughts to flow out of you. That's what journaling does. So it is a form of meditation and it does help you figure out things about yourself that you would not have figured out if you had not sat down and started journaling. And people just think, oh, I'll just, um, I'll figure it out. I'll think about it. I I mean, of course you can try that, but it's not as powerful as journaling and it's not going to change things as quickly as journaling does. So journaling is a form of meditation. Um, A lot of different kinds of artwork, you know, you, you get people, whether it's, visual art or even music um when they sit down they kind of reach their zen right and they relax and then this creativity flows out of them that's a form of meditation now it can even be other i remember taking a class one time in fact it was when i was doing the daycare i had to do some sort of state class to get licensed and it was kind of a dumb class but i was just required to go take it right and um there was a gal there who had like an adult coloring book and she told me um, that she used that because if she just tried to listen to the lecture and watch the teacher, she would forget everything. She would zone out, you know, she couldn't focus, her mind would wander. But if she was doing the coloring, that relaxed her mind and she could hear and retain what the teacher was telling her. Okay, that's a form of meditation. So it's very common to have something that you're doing physically either with your hands or even, you know, I've talked about going walking in order to figure out your stories. Again, same thing. It's you're doing something physical, but it's also something kind of mindless. And then while you're doing that, you're tapping into your unconscious brain, right? And doing something physical actually does increase that and does increase creativity, which is why it's uh, definitely a good thing sometimes to do that when we write. All right, so there's lots of different types of meditation, and it's important that you understand that. And especially in terms of your writing, that you... Um, know that you need to find your process and whatever, because I've said this before, guys, I've got uh, two different episodes on tapping into the subconscious minds of your readers, because storytelling, fiction writing, fiction reading, all of that happens in the subconscious mind, right? Um, So it's just important for you to find what your process is and what relaxes your brain and brings out your creativity and to maybe experiment with different things. You know, what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you, but you might find something that works for you really, really well. So that's the perfect segue into how does this help you write or to become a better fiction writer? Well, in some ways, the same as with other kinds of success, right? Um, it will help you to rewire your brain to make help you to get your writing done. So it's going to help you get past blocks. It can be writing blocks. It can be money blocks. Um, it gives you the drive and focus to get where you want to go. Now, what about in terms of giving you the opportunity to learn what you need to learn? This is something that I have actually experienced too, specifically with my writing. I was doing Amazon ads for several years and, you know, I started them years and years ago. And part of the problem was that, again, I didn't have very much money to put into them. So, you know, obviously that's going to limit you to some extent, but I can promise you it was also a mindset issue. I just wasn't sure I entirely believed it was going to work for me. So I could never get them to work. I could never get them to scale. I could never get them to, I mean, yeah, they would work in the sense that I was even being profitable, but, you know, you can't really live on putting 30 bucks in and making 60 bucks. You know what I mean? I I couldn't seem to scale them in a way that was very meaningful. And once I started manifesting and trying to, you know, one of the things I was specifically trying to manifest was that I would be able to scale my ads and that they would all be profitable. And what started to happen is that I started to understand them in a way that I'd never understood them before. And I had the strategy. I had learned from people and taken courses about how to do the Amazon ads, but I just also wasn't entirely 
internalizing the process. I wasn't understanding the depth and the nuance of the way that they worked. And, you know, that was 100% on me. It was like, I was just kind of glazing over them, hoping to do exactly what, you know, the people who I learned from told me to do. And then I was like, why is this not working? Because I wasn't putting in the time and the work to truly understand them. But meditating helped me to do that. And then once I started to understand them, what do you know? Lo and behold, they started to work. Okay. (laughs) So remember the line that I said, I think it was back in episode 185, Um, I I actually did talk a little bit about meditation, not quite this in-depth in that episode. For those of you who are on uh, YouTube and don't have the number, it's called, Have You Followed All the Great Writing Advice and It Still Isn't Working for You? But one of the lines um, that, it's like a mantra that I really like, that I mentioned in that episode, it's uh, Zach Spuckler is actually where I got it from. And it's just that you cannot out-mindset a bad strategy and you cannot out-strategy a bad mindset. You need them both. So let's talk about what this actually looks like in writing, okay? Um, Let's say that you have a new book you're putting out and you want to manifest 10,000 sales of that book. Great, I absolutely believe you can do that. However, (laughs) if your title and your cover are terrible, if the story is badly edited, if it's not well written, if it's just all over the place and off the rails, those sales are not going to happen. You can manifest all you want and those sales are not going to happen, okay? But what might happen is you might suddenly see someone in, say, I don't know, your Instagram feed or something who can help with the exact thing that you're having trouble with, okay? So what's happening is you're manifesting that and it's not just going to come to you automatically, but what you might manifest first is someone who can help you get there. So another really important component of manifesting is that you need to follow your intuition. If something comes into your life, you know, onto your radar, and they might be able to help you with exactly what you're trying to get help with, you need to pay attention to that, okay? Because the universe is going, okay, if you want those sales, I got to tell you, your editing is terrible. Listen to this editing coach or, you know, hire this editor or whatever the case may be, and then you'll get those sales that you want, right? So you have to be open to that sort of thing. You have to be willing to follow your intuition and be willing to kind of go with the flow and accept what the universe is telling you to do (laughs) so that you can finally get what it is that you want, okay? But again, this can help you get past... Any block that you might have, money blocks, a writing block, helping you know how to do things like marketing, like ads. Um, It can help you get your story written in a very specific and logical way in terms of both getting the words down on the page and also the story structure, how to write a great story, which is what I teach. Um, And you can do this a lot of different ways. You can do it through prayer. You can do it through journaling. You can do it through anything that relaxes the conscious mind in favor of the subconscious mind. Okay. Um... Remember that uh, also in episode 185, which is the, you know, have you followed all the great writing advice and it still isn't working for you, I talked about before you write a scene, letting it play out in your mind, right? Seeing it almost like you're playing a movie of it in your mind before you sit down and that will actually help you to write. Guys, that is a form of manifestation, okay? You are, I mean, you're not manifesting it as in that scene is going to come alive right in front of you. For those of us who uh, write serial killer novels, that would be really frightening. But what you're doing is you're manifesting the chapter itself, the, the idea that you have written the scene into an existence. So you think about it in your head, you feel all the emotions that you want to convey to the reader when you, throughout that chapter, maybe all the, you know, feel all the emotions that your characters are feeling in that scene, and then you sit down and write it. And that is a way of manifesting it. But once again, notice that just because you're thinking about it and wishing for it doesn't mean that it's going to get written for you in some magical 
expecto patronum sort of way, right? You still have to sit down and do the work. So it's very in line with what we've talked about here and what manifestation and and meditation, (laughs) I keep trying to say manifestation, let's just combine them, Um, (laughs) what those things actually are, okay? So I know that I've gone a little long here. I think I'm going to wrap it up now, Um, but I knew that this was going to be a little bit longer because I really wanted to do a deep dive into what these things are um, in general in life because there's so much confusion about them. There's so much mainstream stuff that. And again, maybe it's not my authority to say whether it's true or not true, but often it's misrepresented and um, you have to decide what works for you, not what works for some influencer, right? But this is the the bedrock of it, what you're actually trying to accomplish by doing med- meditation and manifestation. And if you understand the real basics of it, then you can decide what's going to work for you and what might help you on your fiction writing journey, okay, to get where you want to go. So I would just encourage you to listen to this more than once and really teach it to yourself in your brain, almost as though you're teaching it to someone else. If you can get to the point where you can explain it to somebody else, then you'll have a really good grip on it. And I'm not saying you should have to explain it to anybody else, but just learn it so that you understand what it is and it will make things a lot easier and it will make you um, able to make educated decisions about how, if at all, you want to use meditation and manifestation in your life and in your writing journey. Okay. So I hope this was helpful. (laughs) I hope it was insightful. Um, It's stuff that I've been thinking about for a long time. And um, as I keep saying, I am still planning to get my program out after the first of the year, there is going to be a heavy meditation element to it. I'm going to do some meditations for authors, specifically for fiction authors, and I'm really excited to dive into those. I'm a little back and forth about what um, format I want the program to take. So I haven't done this this week, but next week I might put out a questionnaire to get your guys' opinions on what would be the best format for you, for those of you who are interested. But um, anyway, I'll, I'll let you know about that next week. I didn't quite get to it this week. So I'm going to wrap up there. Everyone have a wonderful week of writing and possibly a wonderful week of manifesting. Um, I would love if, you know, if you try this, if you start doing it, and if you would let me know how it's working for you, how things have changed, maybe how things have improved. And if you have any questions, let me know. I'd be happy to answer them. And it would also help me to know exactly what you need from me in terms of manifestation and meditation for fiction authors. All right, everyone have a wonderful week and I will see you next week. Happy writing. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.